All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Woohoo! Let's go. Hey, uh, my apologies. I've been out for a while. Uh, dealing with some family emergencies. My mom has leukemia, things like that. So, kind of been uh, just dealing with that, you know. Um, but yeah, I do want to say uh, welcome back. So, the last time we talked, uh, we were talking about. You know, basically uh, learning your trade and walking your own path. Um, so next thing, and that was that was that when I went to A school. So now here comes where the fun starts, man. To my first station uh, ever in the Coast Guard, uh, and guess where I got stationed? Isla del Encanto. Yep, Puerto Rico, yo. Got stationed in Puerto Rico. Um, this was. In 2004, uh, August, it was summertime, right? And Puerto Rico, right? Now, here's the funniest thing. And this is why we all got to step up our diversity. So, the reason why I got Puerto Rico was not because it's lovely. Although, that's one reason why I'm glad I got it. But, uh, the majority of people in my class, when I asked them, like, yo, man, why didn't y'all want Puerto Rico? Because some of y'all had higher priority than I did. And they all said the same crap, which is, uh, there's not much of my people there. And I'm all like, exactly. That's why I want to go. I'm tired of dealing with my same people, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, being around people that look like you, talk like you all the time, man, that's freaking boring. I was like, I want a challenge. So, um, so I got to go to Puerto Rico. Um, at this time, I did not speak Spanish one bit. And that made it so much fun. Um, so where I was stationed at, um, I was stationed at Base Ramey, uh, which is basically in Aguadilla. Aguadilla, uh, it's spelled A G U A. D-I-L-L-A Aguadilla, Puerto Rico That's on the most uh, Western Side of The island And let me tell you y'all That part of the island That part of the island is like the best side Uh, You get Everything authentic Uh, They don't speak English Over there Some of the best food if you want to get uh, the best experience with the Puerto Rican culture, that's where you're going to get it. Uh, they got National Guard heavily over there, different things, right? Um, and so, like I said, I'm in the Coast Guard. So my job there was basically to man the radio. Uh, I basically manned the radios and listened out for anybody calling uh, for help saying that they're in uh, distress and I'll tell y'all about my first case that I had and it was pretty nuts Uh, but yeah Puerto Rico was a great place Um, of course Puerto Rico it's a very diverse place Uh, you have a lot of folks that are there you know from Spanish origin Um, then you also have folks from African origin uh, the Taino uh, Indians. It was T A I N O, um, and so Puerto Rico. You know their folks. They're mixed with uh, Spanish, 
and they also have African, uh, a lot of different uh, mixtures of cultures. So you'll see Puerto Ricans there that are uh, very light skinned, like uh, Daddy Yankee. If y'all listen to reggaeton, for example, then you got folks that are dark, like uh, OG Black, so another um, reggaeton artist, and like uh, Tego Calderon. Uh, yeah, T E G O, last name Calderon. How I spell it? C A L D E R O N. All right. So when I got to Puerto Rico, I didn't know what to expect. So the first thing that happens, man, this is the first time that I've been out on my own. And so now I'm actually like truly living on my own and I get my own uh, base housing, right? Guess what the first thing I had to deal with when I got on the island, y'all? <laughs> this is crazy. My chief, which uh, chief is basically like an E7 in the Coast Guard. He basically tells me, hey, by the way, uh, we got a hurricane coming in and four days so you need to get your supplies and prepare yourself because you may be without power and water for a long time so I had to go to the store I had to get a bunch of canned goods I had to get um, candles things like that right so obviously the AC stopped working the power stopped working uh, we had one generator shared between two houses so you pretty much had to decide if you wanted um, to either get your air condition and have that work or if you wanted to have um, your fridge so I chose my fridge because I, I need food um, so I got hit with it's tropical storm uh, gene because uh, it degraded to a tropical storm once it hit the island um, well that was crazy that was my first uh, hurricane seeing you know trees flying and all kinds of different things you know and it had coconut tree outside of coconuts with lily flying and flying coconuts um, that was my first time right so I got the good uh, exposure of Puerto Rican cuisine because I had to basically make my own so first time I had ever been to house uh, like I said on my own and so I had to cook on my own too so what I did is I got a, a cookbook a Puerto Rican cookbook and man what a adventure. I didn't realize that I got it in Spanish and they only had it in Spanish. So I basically used the internet for the two days before the storm came and basically looked up all the different words so I could figure out uh, what this thing was saying so I could cook because we had gas stoves. Um, so that was good. Um, but yeah, I'm going to date myself, guys. This was on AOL. Yep. Uh, AOL internet where you had like the dial up uh, so 56 kilobytes per second really very slow people that are used to uh, iPhones and like that y'all wouldn't survive um, but yeah I was there on Tropical Storm Gene right so I ended up being in Puerto Rico uh, for two years um, I got really up close and personal with uh, a lot of the, the local population I uh, was actually dating this crazy girl. I'll tell you why I say she's crazy a little bit later. Um, but I got really down deep in the culture. Got to meet uh, this reggaeton artist named Davino. Got to meet him in person. That was really cool. Um, man, I was just all over the place, right? And 
the cars there are really cheap. So I bought like, uh, they call it a Molto, which is basically like a motorcycle. Um, so they, there's different types. It's basically like a moped, but I got mine that was more a little bit more power and kind of like a, a mini motorcycle. And so out there, the gasoline doesn't go by gallons. It goes by liters. And so I was able to get buy like off ten dollars of gas i could drive the whole entire island round trip uh on this motorcycle and they had great gas and got my motorcycles license right and some of the best um clubs strip clubs um bars everything you know uh was out there in puerto rico man and the coolest part is the girls there, they really uh, like Americans. And so, you know, you could easily find yourself a Puerto Rican girlfriend. That used to be the joke that uh, I wasn't going to leave the island not being married. And that almost came true. But hold that thought. So as far as back to the Coast Guard stuff, um, my first search and rescue case in Puerto Rico was I got a call um, from our HU-25 Falcon. It's a fixed-wing aircraft, uh, kind of small. Said they saw a um, what they call a Yola, which is a basically like a small vessel that's wooden. Made about 30 feet, and it had 210 people in it. And they saw it get hit by waves and flip. So you got 210 people in the water. Uh, unfortunately, 40 of them died uh, right as soon as that happened. Um, that was very sad. Um, but the crazy thing is, you know, they, they dropped uh, the Falcon, dropped the raft, dropped the raft, and some of the people came into it and like that, right? And so you may be thinking, why are people coming into Puerto Rico on a boat? Well, come to find out, um, they're from the Dominican Republic. And they were leaving Dominican Republic to come to Puerto Rico so they could be, I guess, closer to the U.S. or they could kind of fit in with the Puerto Rican population because um, they had more resources than some places in the Dominican Republic. So um, I'm there. I'm a brand new guy. I literally just joined the Coast Guard. I follow the protocol. Protocol is to get one helicopter to go out there. I realized with the amount of people that we're gonna need about all four helicopters that we had, and I couldn't get a hold of my command, which is basically my supervisors, to uh, support me because they were in a place where um, they didn't get cell phone signals. So I ended up just making an executive decision and praying that I did the right thing. Uh, so that's one beautiful thing about the Coast Guard is they pay you to have initiative. They want you to have initiative. They want you to have drive. They want you to use your judgment. You know, uh, it's not all about just following orders like a lot, like the Army, Marines, Navy, those that are Air Force, those that are um, warfare oriented, they got to follow orders more. But in my job, my line of work, which is operations specialist, um, definitely look it up. Um, I get paid to exercise my judgment. Uh, and my judgment came uh, to be good in that day. And so. We end up saving, uh, out of 210, we end up saving 170 of them. Now, the crazy thing is, for those that could swim, as soon as they got to the beach, instead of like worrying about other people, they just freaking ran off and then Border Patrol ended up catching them. 
Um, yep, because Puerto Rico does have Border Patrol because it's part of the United States. So that's one misconception and the thing that's kind of weird. So it is not a state, but it is a commonwealth, meaning that it's its own country, but uh, we have common interests that help one another, uh, meaning the U.S., Basie likes being in Puerto Rico for strategic reasons. Back then, uh, back in like 60s or closer to Cuba for like missile strikes. Um, and then also we give them uh, money. So if you didn't know, uh, a lot of your tax dollars go to Puerto Rican citizens. Um, our tax dollars pay for a lot of their housing and things like that. Um, so it's, and I'm not going to go into the politics of whether they should be a state or they shouldn't be state, um, I'll leave that up to people that actually live there. Um, but yeah, um, so I ended up, we ended up rescuing, uh, rescuing 170 people. Uh, so that was really great. I ended up getting an award, uh, where I ended up getting a letter of commendation, which gave me uh, one test point that's going to help me advance quicker. And so I ended up getting that, and I got to go to the Coast Guard Innovation Expo, which is basically an expo, an exposition, like a workshop in oh, Santa Clara, California. And I got to go speak on the Coast, speak on behalf of the Coast Guard, tell them about my search and rescue case, wonderful things I did. Got to meet a lot of cool people, play with a lot of cool gadgets. And so a lot of good things came out of that. Um, now, as far as with the uh, the women, um, so in Puerto Rico, you're an adult when you're 18, and you can drink when you're 18, obviously. Um, but when it comes to like court matters, legal matters, you have to be 21 to be able to do things on your own. So it's kind of a catch 22. So most uh, people that grew up in Puerto Rico, they've been drinking their whole life. So it was not really a big deal like with us. Like with us, we turned 21 in America and we're like, ah, God, bye-bye, crazy. Uh, they've been already doing that since they're like 15, so they got out of their system. So uh, they're mostly just there, you know, they like to drink, but they're to have a good time, very great vibes, um, very friendly. Um, especially if you try to speak the language, speak Spanish. They know right off the back that you don't really speak that well, and they'll meet you halfway. Now, the women thing, that's a little controversial because, see, I was told by Puerto Ricans that if I'm American, I should start off by trying to speak English. Um, that way they know you're American, and you'll get a better chance like that, and then if they don't speak Spanish, or if they don't speak English, then you just screwed. Or then you can tell them that you speak a little Spanish and it'll work out for you. But me, I always want to challenge. So I told, I started off with conversations with Spanish. And what I found out is because I'm very dark-skinned um, and I speak Spanish actually pretty well, they thought I was Dominican. And to each their own, but I guess they had... Depending on who you talk to, they have things against the Dominicans. Um, so, I didn't get a girlfriend for a long time. <laughs> At least until I stopped playing that game. I was like, alright, damn it, you know what, I'm just going to speak English, whatever. 
Speaking English, uh, I meet this girl. Won't say her name. Uh, we dated for about a year. Things got serious. We were about to get married. Um, very sad time in my life um, where we were about to have a kid. And I got blackmailed into having an abortion. Um, so the reason why I say blackmailed is I didn't want an abortion. I wanted to uh, keep my kid and, and raise them. However, that girl, she went off the deep end, got kind of a little crazy, possessive. And so in the military, if you're not legally married, then they don't pay for any support for girlfriends or anything like that. Only for a child. Um, so, and her mom kicked her out of the house, said she couldn't live with her. So, um, I had basically two choices, rush and get married just because we're about to have a kid, which I wasn't sure that was the best idea. And thank God I trusted myself because it wasn't or have an abortion, right? So I don't want to have abortion too, but then, uh, back when I told you that you're an adult when you're 18, but when it comes to legal stuff, 21. So if I wanted to get like a court order to be able to stop them from getting an abortion, things like that, I'd have to deal with her parents and her parents, uh, basically refused to talk to me. Um, so long story short, yeah, I ended up aborting and that sucks. Uh, my child would have, if it was a guy or a gal would have been 16 years old now, uh, going on 17. Um, so who knows what it came with that, but, um, yeah, that's when the girl started going crazy. All of a sudden, I think she had some postpartum issues, uh, very possessive, uh, wouldn't let me spend time with any of my friends. Um, and when I told her I was going to break up with her, here it comes. She stabbed my tire, y'all. She stabbed my tire. And so then she comes at me with the knife. So I grab a knife. I grab her. I end up slamming her on the ground. I'm totally against hitting women, but I had to, guys. I had no choice. Everybody's yelling stuff in Spanish. I have no idea what anybody's saying, but I do know the one universe world, Policia, which sounds like police. So, and I don't speak Spanish. So I'm like, I'm getting the hell out of there. So I run back to the Coast Guard base. Um, short version, I end up having to get a court order. And I'm leaving Puerto Rico one year early because of this chick. Man. So she ruined my freaking life and stole my social security. I had to put like fraud alerts and all this stuff, right? Um, so because of her, I end up leaving. But one thing I learned while I was in Puerto Rico is... Um, you are as strong as you want to be. There are a lot of things in Puerto Rico that I had to do um, that grew me. You know, simple things that people don't think about. Going to the DMV and registering your car. Okay, yeah, try doing that in a language that you don't fully know. And it's easier to learn Spanish and speak it. But the hardest part is when someone responds to you and you understanding what they're saying. So here I am, you know, uh, registering my car. I had to look it up. I had a dictionary. You know, like this was crazy, man. But it made me strong, man. I loved it. Pushed me through, and then here's the funny part. After all that, the guy's like, "You know, I spoke English, right?" And I was like, "God dang it, man!" And I was like, "You know," he was like, "You did good, man. You did really good, man." 
keep going, man. I was like, hell yeah, I'm doing this thing, man. I'm freaking awesome, man. So, you know, they say I'm fluent in Spanish, you know. Uh, and at becoming fluent in Spanish uh, in 2006. And one of the wonderful things about the Coast Guard, guys, is you get paid extra money to speak a foreign language. You take uh, the Defense Language Proficiency Test, standing for DLPT. And depending on how you score, you get paid. So first I started off getting paid $150 extra a month, up to $250 extra a month. That's great. You know, that's, um, let's see, $2,500. That's $3,000 extra dollars that I got just for speaking a language, you know? Um, tell me why the servers you know does that. And it allowed me to help people in the future where I'll talk about in uh, future episodes, man. But I learned uh, a little bit how to swim there because I wasn't really the best swimmer. I uh, learned about culture. I got to like do traveling. Got to go to St. Thomas Island in the Caribbean, you know, because Puerto Rico is in the Caribbean. Um, got to go to the Virgin Islands. Uh, got to travel to Dominican Republic. Um, got to go near Haiti. Man, it was just a great time. Um, a lot of good drinking I did. Uh, beautiful women. I was, well, actually, I was going to say I, I could have made a lot of money out there because the Coast Guard paid for everything. I just had to pay for my food. But I spent it all on booze. Um, but, oh well. Um, yeah, man. So, like, one thing I learned is that Puerto Rico is like a melting pot and that's how the U.S. is, right? So I wish we would get along here like Puerto Ricans get along with each other back there. There's a natural mutual respect for everyone. You know, that's across the island. You know, they're very courteous, uh, very generous, very uh, humble people. Yeah, now they do have uh, what you call it, orgullo, which is a lot of good pride in their culture things like that, you know, and it's one of those places, you know, if you show respect, you get respect. If you uh, don't show respect, well, yeah, I mean, just like any other place, you might get beat down, you know what I mean? Uh, but I would, here's the crazy thing is, man, I would go places that they would tell you, like, as an American, you should not go. Uh, I went to a couple places in Aguada, uh, A-G-U-A-D-A, or just local places, and a lot of Americans got beat up going there because um, a lot of locals didn't like uh, Americans coming in there and you know acting like they own the place, like Americans do a lot of times, unfortunately. And you know it did have to do with women, right? You know um, they're being very protective of the women, and I never had that problem. One because I just tried to speak the language. Two. Um, I would just try to get to know people. Like, hey, man, tell me what's up, man. My name's you know, Ian. Nice to meet you. Um, yeah, I've been living here, man, you know, for a while. Um, I love the island. I love the people. You know, tell me something I don't know. What can I learn from you? You know, and I learned a valuable lesson, guys. There's rules in Puerto Rico that Americans didn't even know exist. Because to Americans, you'd be like, what? That's a rule? That's crazy. Cultural differences, y'all, and cultural norms. So, and here in America, right, 
it's survival of the fitness when it comes to the club, man. If you see a girl, you want to go get it, you know, you can take her from a guy, whatever the case. If she dance with you and don't dance with him, whatever, you know, everybody gets over it. And you might get a couple fights or like that. But one thing I learned about in Puerto Rico is when a girl is dancing with a guy or talking with a guy, it doesn't matter if that's her boyfriend, um, if it's not. If it's a friend, if it's just a random person, even if they got shot down, the common rule is just leave that girl alone, man. Because she got too many eyes on her. And obviously, you know, you got a lot of competition and people are trying to get after her. So, you know, people might just stab you or beat your ass just for talking to the girl. You know, especially if you're an American. They found out, like, if you're uh, Puerto Rican, unfortunately, y'all, I mean, it's, it is what it is. They weren't, they wouldn't be tripping if, you know, they come in there, but, um, but that's just part of the culture, you know. And so you're, a, you're an outsider. I'm an American. I mean, like I said, they're American too, but I'm not Puerto Rican by blood. Um, so there's just, you know, um, things that they can get away with that I can't. And it is what it is. That's how it is in life everywhere, right? Um, but I went there, you know, and, yeah, I was able to uh, learn that whole thing there and uh, a lot of good lessons. Actually, you know, oh, man, I got to go to a concert, y'all. Uh, DJ Tiesto, T-I-E-S-T-O. Uh, big DJ, does techno and things like that, right? And so Puerto Rico, man, was great because it busted a lot of stereotypes, right? Like, Puerto, people in Puerto Rico, they're very diverse, they all don't like the same music. Some of them like merengue. Some of them like salsa. Some of them, pretty much everybody like reggaeton. Uh, some of them like rap, like hip hop. It was just different from reggaeton. Some of them like techno, pop. So I went with some people I was hanging out with that they like pop. And we went to kind of like doing rave music. And I basically went with people that I had just met out and about at a club once and met with them communicated on Yahoo Messenger because, you know, they didn't have, like, cell phones like that, so <laughs> I had no way to text these people, but, you know, they didn't have all that stuff back then. It was like car phones, so I think finally I had gotten text, and I was able to, like, text them on my, you know, flip phone, <laughs> and then you didn't get good cell phone signals, so, you know, I was, like, looking for them, but here I am hanging out with people that I, I don't know. Um, that only speak Spanish, and I don't speak Spanish well at the time, which was 2005, and I basically got in what I fit in, hung out with them, had a great time, you know? Um, so the moral of the story of all this stuff here, right, that I'm telling y'all these things, right, great time, was I only got to experience this great place because I got out of my comfort zone. Number one, I was willing to do something different, be around people different. Two, I was able to embrace their culture stretch myself, get out of my comfort zone, and that's how I grew. I grew as a person, I grew culturally, I learned a lot of things about different people. Now I can speak Spanish with all kinds of different people, which opened up different windows in uh, my current life, and as I grew up in the Coast Guard, uh, and also provided job opportunities in the Coast Guard where I got to pay, get paid more money, and I got to go places that it's hard to go because of very a, a lot of high competition, and I got to go. My selling point was always that I spoke Spanish, 
Um, so we end up bringing out for the better, right? Um, and it led me to meeting my wife. That's a great part, you know what I mean? And um, one thing that y'all could learn is, you know, like I said, at the end of every podcast, your call to action is always to go try to meet somebody that doesn't look like you, that doesn't think like you, that speaks a different language than you, but, but of course speaks English too, so you can understand them, unless you want to just go struggle, like me, and you're crazy, I like struggle, it makes me stronger, so I embrace it, um, go hang out with people that got diff- different political affiliations and ideas than you, man, uh, different religions, you know, I've done a lot of different things, um, but it's a great time to be alive, everyone, go out there, uh, enjoy this podcast. I uh, hope y'all learned something, you know. Um, if you got any questions about Puerto Rico or you want to know places to go, I can give you itinerary. Um, I know all kinds of places, y'all. Um, but great place. I'm actually going to try to get stationed there in the future if I can. Uh, my family definitely wants to go. That in Guam. But, um, but yeah, that's my uh, brief history of life in Puerto Rico it was great Um, I grew as a person and you know if you'd like to uh, learn more about it feel free to reach out to me like I said I can give you itinerary Um, I could tell you things about living there you know about where to live if you want to move there because it is really uh, economic to move there and yeah y'all I'm uh would love hearing from you. Would love your feedback. If you think I'm rambling because I'm telling stories, I can try to be a little bit more organized. Um, y'all let me know. But God bless. And uh, till next time. Next time we're going to talk about when I move to San Diego, California, and actually got on my first true deployment. Um, I was on a, a boat, which is a Coast Guard cutter. And I'll tell y'all about what I learned there, how else I grew, and looking forward to the next episode, y'all. Love y'all. Peace.